You're listening to Destiny for Nomads, the ultimate podcast for digital nomads looking to take their lifestyle to the next level. I'm Laurent Autain, your host and fellow remote worker. Originally from France, I've lived abroad for over two decades, spending 20 years in Southeast Asia before settling in Helsinki, Finland in July 2019. In this exciting first season, we'll be sharing invaluable insights and tips on how to prepare for becoming a digital nomad. Whether you're just starting or a seasoned traveler, our guests will provide you with everything you need to know to optimize your nomadic life, no matter where you are. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back and relax. Welcome to Destiny for Nomads. Destiny for Nomads is brought to you by Medical for Nomads. As a digital nomad, remote worker or expat, you never know what health issues may arise while on the go. Travel health insurance can cover minor ailments like a scooter crash in Thailand. But what if you need primary medical treatment like kidney stone removal in Dubai or heart surgery in the UK? That's where Medical for Nomads comes in. Unlike travel health insurance, Medical for Nomads offers real medical insurance designed specifically for global nomads, expats, and remote workers. And it covers all the big things. With just a two-minute application process, you can get covered within 24 hours. Don't leave your health to chance. Visit medicalphonomads.com to protect yourself with comprehensive medical insurance. And as a special bonus for listeners of Destiny Phonomads, Check out the show notes for a 10% discount on your next Medical for Nomads policy. Take care of yourself and your health with Medical for Nomads. You deserve it. This is episode number three. I'm with Kyle Dewey-Hegarty, a 16-plus-year remote worker veteran who has been traveling with his family as a digital nomad since February 2023 now. And today he joins us from Boston in the USA. This is on a stop <laughs> from his travel. Kyle runs Leadership Nomad, uh, PTE Limited, registered in Singapore. He helps companies and executives grow teams and businesses globally, focusing on building sales pipelines around the world. Kyle also wrote a book called The Accidental Business Nomad, a survival guide for working across a shrinking planet. He loves that being a digital nomad keeps you on his toes and it rewards curiosity. But the lack of routine can get challenging if not managed correctly. He says it's also difficult to build solid face-to-face networks. Hey, Kyle, thank you very much for joining me today. How are you? Good to to see you again. So you're in the US today on a stop, as I said, uh, since uh, February. You said, I think you were telling me before before we started recording that you've been visiting like seven countries. We've, uh, um, so we, yeah, we, we've, we've been uh, living in Singapore, but uh, starting in in February this year, we went to we've been in uh, in Vietnam, uh, Australia, Japan, Indonesia, Spain, and now the U.S. Right. Uh, so a lot of lot of hopping around this year, trying to do <laughs> yes. remote work. Yes, yes, and you've been doing that with your with your family, your wife and kids, and we'll, be, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Sure. And like like you were saying, I was talking about you know what you like, what you dislike about the digital nomad life. 
it comes with ups and downs. But you were also telling me uh, early on when we first talked that it's critical that you get ready for it, like especially if you want to combine work and travel. <clears throat> and when we prepared this episode, I asked you to give one main recommendation to aspiring digital nomads. And you said, focus on your career uh, rather than being a nomad. At the end of the day, this only works if you can create a sustainable business and or career. Can you elaborate? Sure. And, and maybe we need to define nomad in, in the in the terminology for, for today, because I know digital nomad is the big phrase now. I think we mm -hmm. created I came up with leadership nomad back in 2015. Uh, and, and to me, the idea was I was thinking about it more from a mental standpoint, meaning I found and many others found that we're working across cultures all the time. And that was oftentimes happening remotely, even even now nearly 10 years ago, yeah. uh, you'd be on, on calls with company, people from five different continents in any given day. So to me, the idea was more of a, um, uh, a mental ability to be able to hop around and to adapt to different environments, even, even digitally. Mm. Uh, I think that today's digital nomads, I think, and maybe jump in, but like, it's now about, well, let's get out there and let's just work remotely and kind of explore the world as we go. So I, I, there's there's different definitions to it. Um, but what I was getting at when we, we chatted, and it's probably my biggest frustration with the current digital nomad terminology and, and at least social media presence is that it seems very much focused on the lifestyle rather than getting stuff done. Uh, yeah. I, I've always been focused on, you know, I, I, the business nomad was the book because it was like, okay, I don't, it doesn't matter where you are. Are we getting stuff done? So yeah. I'm a very big proponent of putting that emphasis towards the career, towards the business piece of that. Uh, and I, you know, I lightly joked to you last time, it's like, every time I see these digital nomad articles, it's a picture of these people half naked sitting by a pool. Maybe there's a laptop. You know, you're doing work from a beach. Like who, the, yeah. who the hell would want to work from a beach on a laptop? That seems, have you ever tried that? It's it's stupid. I mean, that's, that's interesting you say that because uh, I have a, a pair of clients. They were in Thailand like a year ago. They are digital nomads. Yep. They were actually, we were actually doing a coaching session from the beach. Yep. <laughs> but so, after after two months of that, they said we had to find, a, we had to find an office because yes. we could not concentrate at all. It was too difficult to be on yeah. the beach and work. It's not possible. It, it's, <laughs> I guess it's the it's for the photo op, right? Or you, you know, yeah. maybe the photo op has sold uh, is trying to sell a lifestyle that. I, I guess that's my frustration, which is like, let's just get away from the from the Instagram photo ops and actually talk about productivity. Because yeah. at the end of the day, uh, for many digital nomads. They're, they need to get hired, right? Whether it's clients or they're going to be full-time employees somewhere. Mm -hmm. And both clients and employees don't care about your bikini photos by the pool or, you know, I know you asked me to send you my bikini shots, Lauren. I'm not sending them to you just because. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> so what sort of, of, of careers can digital nomads embrace? I think the cool thing about today is that that answer is probably limitless. And, and you know, I could 
rattle off a laundry list. And interestingly enough, you know, it, it's probably the stuff in between that I'm totally missing because because there's mm. huge opportunities everywhere. I think um, thinking about from a global standpoint or even just even the that tricky word of globalization, really, um, it, it, it's kind of about finding different arbitrages. And, and what that means would be, you know, back in the day, you'd, you'd travel to a different part of the world and you'd say, oh, they're making these rugs. Well, okay, I could actually import these rugs somewhere else and charge the difference because the people have a different price value to it. That, that's sort of the traditional way of, of thinking about it. Now there's services arbitrage. So you can say, well, actually, do I need to hire somebody here in, in Boston or in um, Helsinki, or can that work be done in Manila? And, and if so, how does that work? So the opportunities would be to continue to uh, think about hiring and building teams globally to be able to take advantage of some of those, um, th those pricing opportunities. That's, that's sort of the traditional way of thinking about going global and building businesses globally, I, I think. But then there's the individual approach, which would be, hey, I'm a content creator. I can do this from anywhere. And so mm -hmm. let me, you know, build websites, write copy, et cetera. I, I can do that from anywhere. So, so I think that, you know, that world continues to evolve. Uh, it really depends on who your audience is and what they're looking to do. My background is really more in the probably traditional corporates and, and, and software side. So I think about it from that standpoint, rather than the individual, you know, I, 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 I couldn't advise anybody on their, their YouTube careers <laughs> or anything like that. Don't. Yeah. But if you, if you were, if you were to advise someone who wants to well, stay in the copyright world, but wants to live a digital nomad life, what, what would you say? You know, what, what to start? Cause it's not easy. It's not easy. Um, I, there are, there are a lot of things that there, there are a lot of things that are in, in that are in a good good place for us right now so with the technology the ability yeah. to do this from anywhere uh that's all incredible the the you know world is in many ways easier than ever to do this but the obstacles are are sincere are, are very large which would be the traditional pushback uh, yeah. many companies are getting they're actually pulling away from it there are very tricky tax implications that they face, not only the individual faces, but the tax that the companies face. And in some cases, that's not even true, but they believe it to be true. And so that becomes the norm anyway. They are desperately trying to balance how to, you know, what's fair and what's not. Why could one employee be able to just gallivant around the world while the others are, are supposedly, you know, tethered to one place? Uh, and so I think that you know, we are, as you know, we're, we're in this really interesting kind of uh, place where companies are trying to figure that out. So mm -hmm. if you are um, thinking about turning into kind of a digital nomad lifestyle from a corporate, I think a long-term plan is important, which is, you know, test the waters. So find out what you can and cannot get away with. Uh, one option would be to uh, actually probably get a transfer for a year or two to another office. Uh, so for I, I, a friend of mine just got a transfer to their office in Madrid. Yeah. Uh, nobody goes to the office in Madrid. So now he's based in northern Spain and he's kind of popping around Europe. So he's kind of snuck in a digital nomad lifestyle. That's smart. Under the veil <laughs> like a, just a transfer. So there's there's little ways, I think, that that probably are 
people are finding finding ways through this um, new maze of, of difficulties and regulations. Yeah, and then I guess also, like you said, it depends on the country because there are tax implications. There's a mentality also. Uh, now we, we've seen like companies like I think I think Google, was it Google? That they were like, okay, it's okay. All 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 staff can stay. Uh, you know, can work remotely. But now they are they start of changing their minds. They want people to come back to the office. It seems the pendulum swinging back right now. Yeah. Uh, that you know, and 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 just to put your put ourselves in the shoes of the of the companies or the or the executives. You know, they are uh, there is concern about um, team cohesion. At, at one point, right? Like, how, how do you build a team? How do you build a company culture? Uh, how do you do that remotely? We've, my, in my various roles, we've done it. It's doable, but mm-hmm. it's probably not doable for every company. And it certainly comes down to the leadership styles and how those things get managed. And, you know, um, a fully remote team there are, it's, it's not, it's not the end all be all. It's not perfect. Uh, I, I think that, I think that we all have to tread lightly here before we plant our flags and declare the future is all remote because eh, that there's there's definitely challenges with this. So, you know, I think I think that people have to be flexible and open minded uh, in, in to both sides of this debate. Yeah. But the pendulum is definitely swinging back to bringing people back to office more frequently. Yeah. And maybe this is why. I see, at least on my side, I've seen I've seen more digital nomads who are solopreneurs or freelancers, yeah. yeah, rather than you know working working for someone, an employee working for someone else. And and if you know, and that's great. Uh, I, I highly recommend that as long as you have the the uh, you, the feeling that there's enough kind of safety there to it, right? It's, yeah. You, you got to have your pipeline. So if anybody who's doing that. Whether you like it or not, you're a salesperson uh, because you're selling yourself, and mm-hmm. so that it does require some sales skills, some networking skills. One thing that I found this year, especially, um, to be challenging. Even I'm a salesperson. It's to be able to maintain and build new networks when you aren't anywhere. Uh, yeah. it, it has to be done virtually and digitally, and that's fine. You can you can do that, but it doesn't have the same resonance as as at a dinner party two nights ago, met somebody and, you know, really good opportunities right there, which that happens during a face-to-face interaction, not so much from a cold LinkedIn outreach, right? So there's got to be kind of um, additional efforts to be put in if you go down the path of working remotely uh, as a contractor to be able to have that type of pipeline that keeps, keeps everything going. Yeah, because face-to-face uh, conversations are more spontaneous, and yeah. you get to know each other more more easily. You can spend a bit more more time. It's not all about work, work, work. No, and in fact, you know, one of the bits of advice is to actually spend more, even if it's digitally, just to spend more time having conversations like these. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, and and not every meeting has to have an agenda. Uh, and so it's it's almost like you have to kind of spend more time just digitally building building relationships, and it t- I think that takes more effort because you don't you can't do that spontaneously. Using your word, which is right, you have to you have to have that. I don't want to say force it, but you have to nudge uh, those additional conversations, and it's up to you to do that because the rest of the world 
isn't sitting back waiting for you to, you know, no, nobody cares. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, like nobody, and I go, it goes back to this thing. It's, it's like people don't want to hear about, I think, I think that the, it's exciting, the digital nomad lifestyle, but I don't think most people want to hear about it. And so you just have to mm. be careful with that because if, you know, that, that actually could become a handicap to hire, getting hired. If, oh, here's the person who's, you know, call, like I, I, I start, I, I was, um, I think when we last spoke, I was in Tasmania and I had this fantastic view <laughs> in my background of this like beautiful mm. harbor and all this stuff. It's like, I, I kind of, I ended up putting a, a, you know, fake background because I, people didn't want to, you know, some people you get a little bit of jealousy or they're kind of asking where are you and it, it, it distracts from the purpose of actually getting stuff done. So yeah. you, have to, you have to read the room every time. Yeah, it's a good point. So, so some people uh, might also believe that you're not, you, they're not confident in you because, right. you know, you live, you live on the beach over the, there. You know, the, the, nomad, the word nomad, I, I debated using it in, in the company name because yeah. there's, there's a negative connotation to it. Um, I, and I don't mean that like you can get culturally in trouble for that one, but like it, there's a sense of wandering and wandering mm. and business don't necessarily play nicely in the same sentence together. Maybe mm. that's actually the ultimate problem with, with what we're up against. Mm. It's a great, that's a great point. This ties back into your own career because I introduced you as a remote worker for mm. 16 years. Yeah. Uh, then you are telling, you, know, you told me that you told us that you became a digital nomad since February. What's the difference between the two, like remote worker? Yeah, it's a very good question. Um, so I, I, I've lived in Singapore for 16 plus years and built uh, a marketing agency uh, based off of the U.S. Uh, team. There was a U.S. team that was actually a hybrid since 2005. Right. So we had, we had, I'd already come from um, that kind of um, hybrid build out anyway. And I continued that across Southeast Asia. So at, there was a point where we had about 50, 55 people across seven different countries. And this was before Zoom existed. So we were, you know, poking around on some of these old um, uh, sites, trying to figure all of this stuff out. Uh, I, I think that's very much of a nomadic business where you've got seven virtual offices, many people I had hired and I had never met throughout the entire mm. life cycle of the business. Clients were certainly in other countries as well. So the entire operation was globally uh, virtual. Now, I, I guess, so, so that was, and I was generally based in Singapore, but, um, you know, felt, found myself on a plane every other, every other week. So is that a nomadic lifestyle? I, I don't know. To some people, yes. To others, it's not, that nomadic I don't, I don't know uh, but this yeah. year has been different this year is is living out of a backpack for the most part right right with no maybe the difference is when you're a remote worker you have uh, you're based somewhere and you just fly and come back yeah and as a digital nomad you don't have a base you always you're always on the move yeah, and I'd be curious to talk to other. Uh, we've we've met a number of people um, as throughout our travels, especially this year. You kind of need a base. Mm. You kind of need a base. Uh, the world doesn't really put up with it, you know. I, 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 I maybe there's more services popping up now, but it, as you know, like it's hard to get insurance if you yeah. don't live anywhere. It's hard yeah. to get finance a bank, you know. Like where yeah. what, what bank's going to put up with this? 
Uh, yeah. You kind of need an address still, uh, even if you don't have one. So it's it's kind of an interesting game you've got to play. Yes, yes. I've heard that several several times from uh, long term from long term uh, digital nomads. They all have a base because yeah. of because of the logistics. I, and, I, and I wonder and also the logistics. So there's the logistics. I wonder if there's a mental component too. It's, it's uh, yeah. It, it, I was telling you, you know, it's ironic that I'm having this call today from 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 the U.S. It's the first yeah. time I've been in the states in, in a while. And, uh, <laughs> it happens to be the, the house that I grew up in. So I've come full circle. This is the most unnomadic place to have a conversation ever. <laughs> but it's nice to be back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I understand. So going back, maybe this is your new home base, home based, you know? Yeah, look, I, you know, I think that um, one of the things that I've always liked about traveling, and it's it sounds counterintuitive, but you, traveling kind of makes you think a lot more about where where you came from, mm. right? Uh, you're you're out doing all this stuff, but ultimately we all come from somewhere, so it it actually makes you appreciate it more so. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of traveling is sitting around going, why the hell am I doing this? Why should I? <laughs> that's, part of, that's part of the adventure as well. Mm. So talking about the adventure as an entrepreneur and a digital nomad, you know, as, as I mentioned earlier, a lot, a lot of digital nomads are entrepreneurs or solopreneurs yeah. and certain freelancers. Um, how can you succeed both as, at being an entrepreneur and being a digital nomad? You know, how, how, how can you grow a business like that? It depends on if you want to grow a business or not. Uh, I, and, and, and it's okay if the answer is that you don't want to grow a business. So a, mm -hmm. a lot of the solopreneurs are just saying, look, I'm, I'm doing my thing and I'm, I'm making my living. I don't need to necessarily grow this thing. Uh, and there, there's nothing wrong with that. If that's part of the plan, that's actually a very good thing. If you are trying to grow it, uh, that, you know, potentially changes things, but there, but the time, you know, we're in a great era where there's so many services that can help companies grow very quickly, right? You can outsource pretty much everything. Uh, the, the one service that exists now that didn't exist when I got started was the uh, employer of records, which was these companies that can hire people full-time in different countries. They handle <clears throat> all of the, the HR paperwork all the logistics it's all on their yep. paper you pay pay that as a service but you don't have to do the guesswork and find that you're getting you know in legal jeopardy in another country that of laws that you're unfamiliar with which does tend to happen so you know if you're going down the path where you're actually trying to build a business a, a business overseas uh my one bit of advice is that do not do it on your own there's a ton of cool services out there to be able to leverage. It's gonna cost money, but that money actually ends up saving a hell of a lot more down the road when things when things tend to go to go wrong. Mm. So yeah. don't do it on your don't do it on your own. And also going back to what you were saying earlier, don't forget that you have to sell. So we are all in sales, especially this yeah. uh, in, in if you are the digital, you know, going down uh, the nomadic route, because you know, if you're not out of sight, out of mind. Right. So it's it's about uh, establishing, I think, a, a strong online presence that uh, continues to help people while promoting the value that you're adding. Mm. So know your audience and tell them that story. Get that out there, because if you're you know, if you're not in you, you could be 
based in, you know, in Helsinki and networking around Helsinki and you're the Helsinki guy. That's mm -hmm. great, but that that doesn't exist digitally. You've got to be the you've got to be the the online guy and you've got to figure out how to how to get that word out. So I, I think actually as part of a sales skill, uh, uh, writing skills are going to be really important for this role as well. I think you've got to be able to tell your story and you've got to be able to publish that uh, in, in the relevant places. So I found that to be very effective. I, I, I agree. And chat GPT, AI can be like chat GPT can be very useful. Yeah, I think it was useful from a structuring standpoint. Yeah. You got to be very careful because I, I actually was I was reading an article from a major newspaper, and you could tell it was half chat mm. GPT written already. It's like, ooh, this is this is going in a weird direction. So, uh, don't get lazy with writing and and let Chat GPT do all the heavy lifting. Let it help you with the structuring and with some of the phrasings and ideas, but be careful because I think we're about to enter an era of um, we're about to be flooded with AI generated content and it's going to be eye-wateringly numb until people find their own voice again. So mm -hmm. yeah, I guess that, I guess the long-winded way of saying that is find your voice and have some fun with it. All right. The marketing guy has talked. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about your experience traveling with your family and kids. So you got two kids. Yes. Yep. Two okay. kids. So you guys have been traveling, uh, on, been on the road since February 2023. Yep. Now we are in June. So it's been, uh, what, a little bit less than six months. Yeah, not, not a huge amount of time, but yep. How has it been? Yeah, we pulled the kids out of school. So we are, are, are fully um, trying to educate them, you know, in, in world, world, world schooling approach. Um, it, it's gone actually very well, but mm -hmm. it's, you, you do have to think about everywhere, every place you go, you know, it's not about you. It's about, it's about the kids and it's about the, the family unit. So the question that I always ask is, you know, are, we have to choose a place that's going to help them to some yeah. degree, or there's got to give them something. And it doesn't, doesn't have to make them excellent at math. I mean, we, we went to Bali so they could go surfing and learn how to surf. Uh, and that's a really cool thing to do. And so as we, think about the different countries that we want to spend time in. One of the big questions we ask is, you know, what is it that the kids are going to specifically get out of that experience? And that's not obviously a question that you would ask if you were doing this on your own or just, you know, uh, couples doing it. The, the kid component changes the dynamic, mm. but combining that with uh, some online tutoring and just thinking about every minute to make those kind of moments uh learning moments so i'll just give you one example it's like we we were in we're in tasmania and basically we just said to the kids kids are at this time eight and eleven i think nine yeah eight and eleven okay guys uh find a trip for us this weekend mm -hmm. figure out where we're gonna go map it out what's the budget where are we gonna stay what are we gonna what, what's the agenda gonna look like uh, and we just made them try to figure that out. And that was a pretty cool project, sure. I think. Uh, yeah. and, uh, didn't didn't necessarily work that well, but you know, we, we ended up, you know, we, but it's not supposed to. It, it's, if 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 I were to tell you that it worked perfectly, then that's BS. Like that's not yeah. how learning works, right? It's, uh, it, it, but but there's a moment where you get to the place that they found, and it's like, hey, you you got us here. 
congratulations. That's a really cool, empowering moment for kids. So it, you, you, to me anyway, as a parent, you have to rethink about learning is now much more uh, on our shoulders. So it's, that's, that's changed how I've had to think about our day-to-day -day, uh, interactions and, and activities. Have, have your kids been enjoying it? They have. They, um, they do miss the, uh, they miss the friends, yeah. which totally makes sense. Uh, and we've moved around possibly more than we had planned. So it, then it becomes harder to even establish short-term friendships when you're hopping around, you know, every, every few nights. Mm. Uh, so I, I, I wouldn't do anything differently, but I, I think about that and we do have to, I know that other families have had that challenge. Um, that's another part of the decision-making is where are we going to land where there is an opportunity for them to get out and start playing football with the local kids or, you know, mm -hmm. do that kind of stuff. So that, that does change how we think about planning. Why have you guys decided to go on such a trip? The, um, for us, we've always had that wanderlust sort of mindset mm. anyway. Um, and so that, that was nothing, nothing new. I think for us, the timing was perfect with the kids age. Uh, we have the kids are right before turning into grumpy teenagers. We are still a parent. <laughs> they still kind of think we're cool. So this is like the last year we can get away with that before all hell breaks loose. So that for us was the decision point. And then when we, we do want to um, eventually settle down somewhere so that they have sort of a teenage years of consistency. Mm. Uh, so so we, the, the plan would be to settle for a bit and then probably get put our backpacks back on and, and head out again. When do, do you know when uh, you want to settle? I don't ever want to really settle. I, I don't, I don't. <laughs> Um, I see. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I completely understand. Conversation, right? There's, I think, there's a tribe of us that just have that in our brains. We're, we're yeah. wired differently. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to go back to France, but I don't want to be like a digital nomad at the same time. I consider myself as a remote worker. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the digital nomads, it's interesting. I, I think that, so, so we, we've definitely enjoyed the year. Um, yeah. I, it, it's not for us, it's not a long-term plan. I, I don't, I don't want to do that. In fact, so maybe I'll take back what I was joking about earlier. I, I think that <laughs> we, we do want to settle somewhere, uh, because I, I, there is an enjoyment of consistency and, and routine, right? Mm. So uh, to be able to have that and to, uh, it's it's kind of nice waking up uh, knowing where you are. <laughs> you, like, if you're traveling all the time, it's that kind of mystery. Like, okay, well now now where am I? Now, uh, so so yeah, so I, I think that uh, we don't have that full time wandering lust that way. Uh, yeah. Right. It's interesting what you're saying because I interviewed I interviewed um, a nomad family. They've been uh, riding the planet for. Eight or nine years now. Yeah, that's hardcore. And one thing they they told me is that they don't know where they're going to sleep every day, yep. and that's yep. okay with them. They love it. <laughs> you have to for most people, and I, I wonder if they went through this too. You've got to really learn how to live like that. Like like that. Yeah. That's a um, that's a different mindset, and and it's fun when you get to it, but it's not easy to get to that mindset. Uh, 
I, I have a huge amount of respect for that. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah, we the, the, we've done a couple of those bike trips, and it's it you you've got to find your your rhythm and your your mental uh, agility to be able to just roll with everything as it comes along. Yeah, yeah. But one thing they did say is going back to what we we're talking about the home base. They do have a home base it's yep. in Switzerland, where they're from, and they get back to it on regular on regular basis, okay. so just to just to recharge. You know, that's a, so I wonder if that's the big takeaway from this digital nomad thing is that it's not you're not most people even so we certainly aren't untethered like we're not just out there wandering and it sounds like even your your family that has been doing this for multiple years on yeah. bikes like the, even they have kind of their, you know, it's all called it like a hub and spoke model where the, the home base is always there. I think that there's something especially for kids. I think kids like to know that they're they've got a home. Mm hmm. And also for them, it, it, it's also, I, I think they were talking about the fact that, you know, it's also a way for them to stay in touch with their family, but also to plan, to plan for the next, for the yeah. next part of the trip. Yeah. Um, there, there's, you know, there's something about a home. Uh, yeah. There's something about it. And, and I think it that it's, it's a place that you can kind of let go and, and you don't, it's not because we, while, while we're not on the biking, uh, I don't want to compare, you know, that level of, of uh, adventuring, but yeah, when, when you don't know where you're going to be living in a day or two, and you know, we're in Airbnb world, so it's, it's, not, it's not the same level of tenting and things, but that's it, that, that, that's a long, that's a strain. Like, like, that gets nervous, especially if you have kids, because mm. we've got to be responsible. <laughs> so. All right. Well, so any, before we conclude, any last words for listeners, for future digital nomads? I think that um, the, the, I think about the world just from a working globally. Uh, I think that there are more opportunities now than there ever have been, but at the exact same time, there's new levels of pushback, whether that is tax obstacles, companies bringing people back to the office, uh, protectionism, which mm -hmm. is big in many countries, which is, you know, my people first. Uh, and that's something that in many cases is growing. And so when you are thinking about building a business, you have to know these local markets better than probably ever before. There's a lot of local competition. You know, you might be the best web designer from uh, wherever, and you go into the other side of the world People could care less about web design in the other yeah, part of the yeah. world because it's not the same. And there are good, there's good talent everywhere now. So I think people need to, um, that's a reality check that I think we're now in a more competitive landscape than ever before. So it's just, it's, it's not, it's not, it's just kind of a heads up that, you know, this, we, we can't just gallivant around the world and waiting for everybody with open arms to, to want to embrace us. It's, it's not, it's not like that. You've got to carve out your own niche. Indeed, because like you said several times, nobody cares. <laughs> it's just so yeah, I, yeah, it's, I don't. I don't want to end this on a negative note, but you gotta. That's a. That's a, a big reality. Yeah, no, it's, not, it's not a negative. Note. It's uh, really to check, like uh, like you yeah. said. 
All right. Thank you. Thank you, Carl, for your, for your time. Just one more question. How can people contact you if they want, you know, to talk to you about digital nomad? Design? Yeah. So my website, leadershipnomad.com, uh, the, the book information is there as well. That book was really about um, an entrepreneur's journey, mm -hmm. growing a business globally, really from day one and, and some of the misadventures that happen along the way uh, of trying to do that. So that's kind of a fun a fun starting point but yeah my website has my contact details uh my linkedin profile as well just my name i guess uh we'll we'll get you there that's really the only place that i publish content regularly all right again thank you kai thank you so much and thank you for listening we are on a mission to help you optimize your digital nomad life no matter where you are if you found this episode valuable, please share it with your friends, family, or anyone interested in digital nomadism, remote work, or expatriation. I'll see you next time. Bye for now.